If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You can now support Ghost Maps on Patreon. Simply look for We Are Huntu or click the link in the description. Ghost Maps. Entry 78. University Singapore. Sherman is a wellspring of knowledge. We've been chatting for 45 minutes at this coffee shop in Jurong. In that time, however, we've already discussed several topics. These range from society's systemic problems to the best slapstick comedies of the 1990s. What impresses me most is that our discussions in this short time are still pretty in-depth. I ask Sherman how he can have such a variety of interests and passions, but he just shrugs. Not dismissively, but in a way that shows how humbled he is. I've been very lucky that I've had the opportunities to feed that curiosity, he says. Sherman used to nurture that curiosity when he was a staff member at a local university as part of their department of Southeast Asian Studies. Since then, he's moved to Maine, where he continues to work in education. Visiting Singapore for a friend's wedding, he tells me that he has mostly wonderful memories of everyone he met at the local university, though. His colleagues and the students, all of whom shared that desire to learn. But also other people I encountered on campus he says. That emphasis makes it clear that the rest of our discussions are over for now. It's time to focus on the reason we've met up this evening. It's time for me to switch my recorder on and ask him to start from the beginning. It was 2010. The Department of Southeast Asian Studies office looked like any other office. It wasn't a very large space, but it was enough to comfortably fit a couple of cubicles in an L shape and a sofa in the middle. Next to the office, however, was a room where artifacts were stored. These were everything from bowls to weapons. 
They were from across the centuries and found all around the region. We didn't handle bodies or anything like that, but I guess in a way you could say that we still worked with the dead, Sherman says. Sherman had a habit of sleeping over in the office at least once a week back then. His flat was on the other side of the island, so he figured it made sense to crash on the office couch during busier times instead. This part of the university is up on a hill and his office was on the sixth floor. But still, during those nights, when he stayed over, he would sometimes encounter students wandering around. Some of them were just hanging out and having the kind of deep conversations that you can only have at ungodly hours in your early 20s. More than once, he stumbled upon a couple being a little too affectionate when they thought that there was no one around to catch them. All these encounters ended either with a silent mutual understanding or, at worst, embarrassment. But there was one night. The lights in the corridor outside our office are motion detected, Sherman tells me, which he concedes should have been his first clue that something wasn't right on this particular Wednesday night. He had awoken at three in the morning after he heard footsteps outside. He could tell even before he stepped out of the office the lights hadn't been triggered. A faulty system. That's what he told himself initially. Even as every fiber of his being told him to ignore the soft slapping of a pair of flip-flops against the ground. The office was filled with all sorts of shrines, he explains. These made the office feel safe. It wasn't just for me, though, Sherman says. Lots of people gravitated to this place and couldn't explain why beyond its apparently calming aura. But Sherman admits, with a chuckle, on this Wednesday night, he really, really needed to pee. So he steeled himself and left the safety of the office. As he stepped outside, the light flickered on. At first, he began to wonder whether he had imagined those footsteps. After all, it looked like there was no one around. But then, from the corner of his eye, he saw her. An old woman. She seemed to have melted out of the shadows from one of the corners. She wore a samfu and a pair of flip-flops, clothes that would have been more at home in decades past, 
and for some reason, Sherman couldn't get a clear look at her face. From some angles, it seemed like it was somehow the only part of her still shrouded in shadow, he says. When he tried to get a closer look, however, his vision began to blur, almost as if his mind couldn't handle what she really looked like. She carried a blue plastic bag from which an unearthly glow seemed to emanate. Everything about her was a little off, Sherman tells me. Nevertheless, he gulped down his fear and tried to take her appearance at face value. Just an auntie wandering the university campus at 3 a.m. Sherman asked her, as politely and as sweetly as he could, what she was doing there. I'm lost, she replied in Cantonese. Again, at face value, he figured that sort of made sense. After all, there were a fair number of landed houses surrounding the university grounds. She could have easily gone for a late night walk and strayed too far. But the logical part of him reminded Sherman that these houses were all quite a distance from his office. Too far for an elderly woman to have walked from. Before he could reply, however, she asked him where this place was. Her voice seemed to be coming less from her and more from all around him. From somewhere beyond. It's a, it's a school, auntie, was all Sherman could muster. Suddenly, the fear that Sherman was struggling to keep at bay was mostly replaced by another overwhelming feeling. Sadness. I'm trying to go home, she said. Her voice still sounding like it was so close, yet so very far away. Sherman thought of his own grandmother and how worried he'd be if she had gotten lost. He tried to speak soothingly to her, even though some semblance of that fear remained. Auntie, I'll just go to the toilet, then help you home, he said. The woman simply nodded. Sherman rushed to the gents, relieved himself, washed his hands, then hurried back out. As he stepped out of the toilet again, however, he noticed that the lights had been switched off once more. In that second before the motion detectors picked up Sherman's presence, though, 
he saw what looked like the auntie's plastic bag with its warm glow within. It was floating all on its own into the darkness of the corridor. And the lights came on. And the old woman was gone. Sherman never saw the old woman again. Even though he continued to sleep over in the office at least once a week. But there were a few nights when he would wake up and he could have sworn he heard the sound of her flip-flops against the floor. He refused to go out and investigate, though not for the reasons I thought. I knew I couldn't help her, Sherman says, shaking his head slightly. She was lost. She was always going to be lost. She would never find her way home, wherever that home might be now. I ask Sherman how he knows this, and he shrugs again. For all his studying and all his seeking of knowledge, he tells me that there's just some things that are beyond understanding. I nod solemnly. Then I thank him for his story and shift the conversation to another topic. I can only hope that Sherman's curiosity would help to ease the sadness this incident seems to invoke in him. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now and follow us on social media. You can also be one of our supporters on Patreon. Look for We Are Huntu or click the links in the description. Ghost Maps is a Huntu production created by Kyle Ong and Wayne Ray with art direction by Jolene Lim and recorded on Audio-Technica mics. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.